how do you think that your skill set is going to add to that mix, right? Angel, Haley, Kateri, just the, the list goes on and on and on. How do you think that all you guys are going to play together? I feel like we're going to play great together, honestly. I know that a lot of people talk about like egos and whatever it might be, the personalities. But at the end of the day, if you have a one goal that you want to accomplish and it doesn't matter what you go through, you're going to work together to win. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And I feel like for me, like that is really my end goal. Like I work hard every day and I have that goal to win. I'm going to do anything that I possibly can to win. Welcome back to Sometimes I Hoop. I'm your host, Haley Jones. And this week, I'm joined by a certified bucket. She averaged a double-double last year at DePaul, ranked fourth in points in the NCAA, Chi-Town's finest and hottest news coming out of the transfer portal, none other than LSU's newest tiger, Anissa Morrow. Thanks for hopping on the pod. Of course. Thank y'all for having me. Oh, yeah, of course. Love having you. Let's jump right into it. LSU, go Tigers. It has been a couple months since you announced, but what led you to making that decision and to wanting to transfer? I would say that I had a great season at DePaul from you listing my accolades and what I've did, but I didn't want to have empty seasons. I felt like I kept falling short from my biggest goals and that's to win the national championship. And for me, I know how it feels to score 45 points or mm-hmm. get 27 rebounds. So I want my hard work to be backed up. And I knew that I had to make a different decision. And that was to go into the portal. You're right. You've done the big accolades. You've done, you know, National Freshman of the Year, scoring all these different things, which is crazy. But, you know, not making it to the tournament is is hard, I bet. And, you know, it's part of college basketball. Everybody wants to make the March Madness and go deep and have that run. And, you know, LSU coming off a natty, that seems like the place (laughs) to go if you want to do all that. So you narrowed your choices to LSU, South Carolina, and USC. So what about each of those schools was kind of attracting you? Because each school has a different thing. You know, USC is on the rise. They're rebuilding with Coach Lindsey. And then South Carolina, they're kind of entering a new era with Aaliyah and everyone like that. And LSU is coming off a hot streak. So what was it about those three? Um, I had 35 options to pick from. It was kind of... Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's hefty. That's a lot. <laughs> it was a bit overwhelming, but I just knew like I wanted to come to a school where I would be able to, of course, showcase my game, but at the highest level. And I felt like those three schools for me would be the best options for my style of play. I mean, 35 to three, you did that in a quick time, really narrowing down your options. That's impressive. But I mean, you made the whole process of choosing a little bit suspenseful. I'm sure for those schools, but also from the outside, like trying to, you know, where is she going to go? This is one of the top players in the portal right now. But it was really fun to watch that play out on social media. So is that part of the plan to make people wait, have that suspense, or did that just kind of come about? I feel like it was a process. Like with me, I didn't have a big following. A lot of people didn't know my name. And I wanted to enjoy my process. Like a lot of people were saying that I was prolonging it, like just dragging it out. But I was like, it's important for me to enjoy this because it's an opportunity that you only get once in a lifetime. So I wanted to enjoy it to the fullest. And I felt like dragging it or just taking my time with it was the best way for me to enjoy it. I mean, I got you. I was the same way out of high school. I think I was literally the last person in my class to commit because I was Um, like, I just don't know. And it's such a big decision, right? Like. It's everything. It's not just basketball at that point. It's school. It's the people you're around, the experiences you're going to have. So it's a big decision. So props to you for dragging it out and not speeding yourself (laughs) up. 
And I mean, so chose LSU and people are saying it's a bit of a super team. Would you agree? Would you disagree? What are your thoughts there? Um, I would say if you look on stats, like they just take work every day. Like it takes work every day. There's no guarantee that someone is going to win. Of course, every goal is to win the national championship, to win the tournament, to be the best in your conference. But it takes work on a day in, day out basis. I mean, that's facts. I mean, you have a lot of heavy hitters when you look on paper, but at the same time, I'm not, I mean, I know Haley very well. She's a worker. And get it, yeah. you know, Flage and Angel, like, y'all finna work. So I think even for them last year, it wasn't like they were the super team from the jump, right? People were talking about the non-conference schedule not being heavy, headed into SEC. And it's they literally mm-hmm. silenced everyone all year mm-hmm. long. So I think that having that culture that I know is going to remain with Miss Kim, it's not going to change heading into the next season, even after a natty, which will be really exciting, I'm sure, for you to join. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited to join. I just know how hard I work. Like every day, my stats showed that I was very consistent. Every game, I averaged a double-double last year at DePaul and the year before with being National Freshman of the Year. So I try to stay as consistent as I possibly can, but I also want to be challenged by my teammates and my coaching staff. I want them to have my back. And I felt like LSU was the best fit for that. I mean, you said it all right there. Okay, last question about LSU for now would be, have you started to practice with the new team? Is there a group chat going? Are you already on campus? Or how is it looking for you right now? Right now, I'm spending as much quality time with my family as I possibly can. I've just been working out on my own, doing my own little photo shoots and just enjoying myself. Just in summer school right now, I'll be going down there and I'll officially touch down on campus. But right now, I've just been enjoying my quality time with family because I'm used to being in the city where my, yeah. with my family. Like Literally, I could call my mother and she'll come pick me up, but I'm going to be miles away, hours away. So It'll definitely be different. I mean, yeah. I went to Stanford, which was an hour away from home, and now I'm across the country. Like It's a big difference having that support system right there, but I know they're definitely they're going to make trips down to LSU because I've been hearing okay. that it's tough <laughs> to play in y'all's home gym. I've been hearing from the whole SEC, so yeah. I'm sure that'll be a fun environment. Let's talk about the transfer portal this year. There's been a lot of tea, a lot of stuff going on, <laughs> Haley going to LSU. I mean, we had Lauren go to UCLA, Celeste, Ohio State, just been big names are just yeah. endless of people moving around. But outside of what y'all got cooking at LSU, because I know y'all y'all coming in hot this year, who do you think made out the best from the transfer portal? I would say that's a really good question. Um, me, I can't really pick a school, honestly, because I'm I'm really big on seeing the chemistry and seeing how players play together and seeing how they just connect. The, also with the coaching staff and the community from the university. So I would say it really like is determined throughout this year. Like, I guess we'll see it throughout the year. Yeah, you're completely right. That'd be my answer because it's like, you have big names transferring to where other big names already are. So, you know, not all the time, big fish don't play well with one another. You know, it really just depends on the personalities on the teams that are there, right? Who's willing to, you know, come in. If you came in averaging however many points, it's like, is that going to be your same role? Maybe everybody else, you need to give up one thing, focus on something else. So I think yeah, it's, it's yeah. really about what you what you want to sacrifice for your team. Exactly. Like I have the conversation with my parents all the time and they was like, don't change your style of play. And I said, I won't change my style of play, but there are things that I want to get better in. So if it comes down to me getting 20 rebounds a game and not scoring a point, that's what I'll do for my team to win. Because at the end of the day, that's all I want to do is win. Yeah, it's about winning. I, like, yeah. I don't care what my numbers look like. I want to win. And I think yeah. that's the healthiest outlook you can have when 
like just as a team, top to bottom, you're playing or not, you're top dog, you're not, whatever it is. If everybody has that same outlook, right? Day in and day out isn't going to be fun. I did the college ball <laughs> four years. Day in, day out is not always fun, but like just keeping that in mind, working with your teammates, having an understanding with the staff is just going to make all of the difference. Definitely. But let's talk about last season quickly and what next season could look like with all this transfer portal madness we just touched on. Freshman class, players come back from injury. I feel like it's just going to be a different landscape yeah. in the game. So you're heading to the SEC from the Big East, which I feel like is a very big change in terms of styles mm-hmm. of play. So what teams or players are you most looking forward to competing against? I would definitely say I'm looking forward to play South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always watched South Carolina since I was my um, freshman year to senior year. Like I will always watch them. So I would say that's really the only team that I'm really, really looking forward to. I would say Mississippi State because one of my teammates transferred and went okay. to Mississippi State. So just seeing a matchup and seeing how we'll play against each other since we played like all of our college career together. 100%. And I feel like you fit the SEC with your style of play. Like you're going to get the boards and play physical and this and that. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch you match up against these people and really show them like, hey, now, just because I was at DePaul or the Big East doesn't mean I can't still hoop on this big stage, which I think, yeah, which would be really fun. Yeah. I feel like I always play with like a chip on my mm-hmm. shoulder. Like Being from the South Side of Chicago and being from Simeon, I've always had a, a chip on my shoulder since I was younger. And I feel like sometimes like I've always been slept on mm-hmm. and you can only sleep on somebody for so long. And I know that I've been working. I know that I've been putting in the work. So being at the biggest stage that I possibly can to display my talent is all that I really want to do. I'm big fan, big fan <laughs> of these answers right here. Okay, so coming off the year last year, there was so much buzz around last year's tournament, the season as a whole, and then LSU's championship run, right? Storylines that came from that. Angel and Flage taken off from that, right? It was really amazing to see but how do you think that increased coverage of women's basketball will continue to grow into this season? Do you feel like there's a new area of growth, whether that be coverage or NIL or this and that, when it comes to covering women's basketball this upcoming year? I feel like it's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing everything that's been happening throughout the summer from like the national championship to also NIL, I feel like it opens up so many opportunities for young women to just express themselves and be able to do deals or have endorsements with things that they love and that they've always been doing since they were younger. But actually getting paid for it, actually being able to display it and put that that media coverage out there. Another thing that I would say is like, even deals that Angel have done or, or Fla J, like it's with rappers or different brands and everything. And it's just bringing attention to women's basketball. And that's exactly what we need for the media coverage and for the fan base to grow. I completely agree with you. You know, Angel and Flage really being on the forefront after that national championship, everything that they've done, they've done it in a way that all ties back to women's basketball, right? Like they're yeah. pubbing themselves and growing their own brands, but they keep that same message of talking about women's basketball, but women's sports, you know, we've been like this, keep watching this and that. So I think that mm-hmm. there people in the NIL space are really doing it the right way, which is really like, now that I'm graduated, now I don't get to do NIL anymore. It's really fun to see that, like that torch is being carried. Yeah. In terms of you're leaving the Big East, 
You're now in the SEC, right? New conference. Yeah. We always have this debate about the best conference across the country. Last year, I've always been biased towards the Pac-12. Now that I'm out of it, I still have that tie where I'm like, okay, Utah's kind of going to go crazy again. UCLA reloaded. USC brought in, I don't know how many transfers. Like, they're a whole new team this year. <laughs> so I feel like they're going to be tough. But then you think about y'all. LSU, South Carolina, Mississippi State, right? The list goes on in the SEC. But then, shoot, like, I feel like I personally, I'd be sleeping on the Big Ten. I don't know if I would say that they're the best conference, but I know Mm -hmm. I'd be sleeping on the Big Ten. But what would be your take as to best conference ranking them? Um, I would say SEC first. Quick answer. Quick answer. I feel feel like I sleep on the Big Ten a little bit as well. Uh I would say they have great talent. I remember playing against Maryland. Mm-hmm. Great talent there. Um, that was a tough game. Honestly, the Big East for me, I love the Big East. Mm-hmm. Um, I had fun playing in the Big East. I'm sure you um, did. You were you were killing. <laughs> I, I bet you had a blast. Playing. Yeah, I love playing against UConn. Those are like great games. Win, lose, or draw. Like, well, we always lost, but um, <laughs> but it was fun. It was a fun, fun competitive fun. environment. Okay. I like, yeah, I like how competitive like the games always were, and yeah. then like all the attention around the games. Like those were our most packed games throughout the throughout the season. So I really enjoyed those games. I would say the Pac-12 is tough as well. Mm-hmm. I do feel like they're they're kind of slept on too. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I do feel like they're kind of slept on. Uh-huh. I've watched. It. A lot of games, and I was surprised by a lot of teams, actually. Mm-hmm. But I would say the best conference is SEC. All right. I respect it. I think this season especially, there's a lot of talent in the SEC. It's become one of those conferences where there used to be a big gap between the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. But those like teams who used to be on the bottom, right? Now they're coming up. There's a lot more just like talent dispersed across the league. And that can go across the country, but I think especially in the SEC. So y'all, y'all often have your hands full at night in and night out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to watch you guys. Let's take it back a little bit. The basketball upbringing, this and that. I know your mom was a basketball star in Nebraska and your dad played football. Was it always basketball? How did you get into get into basketball? Um, My mother worked at Morgan Park at the time. She coached my sister there while mm-hmm. she was playing. But I was honestly always surrounded around basketball. And a lot of sports, like my mother made me cross train. So I played volleyball before. Mm-hmm. I've, of course, played football with my brothers before, like just in the yard. But we were always around basketball. All of my siblings have played basketball. My father claimed he played a little basketball, but, you know. Just a little, just, just a little dabble. Just okay. a little. <laughs> But I was just honestly always surrounded by it. And I had some of my best moments with basketball. Like I had some of my worst moments with basketball, like injuries and everything. But basketball has grown me, like made me grow into the person that I am today, mentally, physically. And it has taught me so much like real world situations and everything. So I would just say like basketball (laughs) is a lot (laughs) in my life, but I really enjoy it. I mean, I get it. Basketball is a lot especially to be where you are right now, right? There's a lot of pub around. There's all this different media, all these different things. And I feel like I can relate to where like my mom was my first coach and I was the least favorite on the team easily, right? Mm-hmm. And so you grow up and it's like, you're connected to your parents, you're connected to your family. And then it's like, then once you start 
getting really good, getting these looks, then it, it becomes a different thing where there's more pressure and there's ups and downs. But at the end of the day, it's still something that you love to do, no matter if you're playing like crap, if you're hooping, if you're doing this and that, losing, winning, whatever. It's it's just yeah. basketball and you love it. So freshman year, you helped your team win their first city championship, right? Then you get a Nike commercial, which is crazy, which is awesome. And so how did that come about? How was that experience? I'm sure winning the first city championship was insane energy around that. So what was that like? Honestly, for me, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. But I'll also say like I felt like it was a lot put on my plate as a freshman. So when I came in and I was making a lot of noise as a freshman, I did have a lot of doubts because I'm like, why do I have to do all this stuff? And I'm just a freshman. So I guess like I was the captain for the team as like an as a freshman. Yeah. You're like 14. Oh, was, yeah. Oh my God. And I just learned so much, but I kind of felt like it was because of my work ethic. Like it was really like I led by example, but I was never really verbal. Like I never really talked too much, but every day you knew you were going to get a double double or something out of me. So that was just a goal for me. My mother was my coach in high school as well. So we kind of bumped heads a little bit and she would kind of like back off and like, I understand and stuff, but she was always like, she wanted me to be better. So every day, like, do you want to get in the gym or do you need to do extra workouts and stuff like that of that sort? So I felt like when I was younger, it was a lot put on my plate. But now when I came into college, it was like I was prepared for everything. And you come from a high school of big names, right? D. Rose, Jabari Parker, Kendrick Nunn, the list goes on and on and on. So for you going to a school that's known for producing hoopers, what was the atmosphere like for games? Did you know that there was an expectation of greatness when you went to that school? What was your mindset kind of entering that first season there? Well, with me, I'm going to go back to like seventh and eighth grade when my brother was still playing there. Mm -hmm. The atmosphere was crazy. Like you could be standing outside and you don't get in and you pay for your ticket. Like the games are always packed. Like the energy around Simeon was crazy. Yeah. So I knew going in there, it was going to be like that. But on the women's end of it, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just wanted to make a change and show the school in the city. Like there's a lot of stars that came out of Simeon on the men's side of things, but there can also be stars come out of Simeon from the woman's side of things as well. And my goal was to come in here and do the best that I possibly could. And it turned out to winning two city championships in the first ever state championship Mm -hmm. as well. But it just shows you like when you have goals and you set goals day in and day out and you work towards them that you can accomplish whatever you have in mind. Yeah, I mean, that's facts. You literally trailblazed for the women program there now. Because I'm sure that even since you've left, they're still getting that same hype because girls yeah. see what you've done and they're like, okay, I want to carry that torch. I want to continue yeah. to do this and that, which is really special. Yeah. Okay, so freshman year, you're killing it. When did that recruiting process start for you? Did that start in high school? Did it start in middle school? What was that like for you? So I want to say it kind of started my freshman year after... I got the exposure and everything, but I ended up getting hurt. My freshman year, I tore my ACL that summer. So things were kind of dry for me at the time. And I was kind of deciding if I wanted to play basketball anymore, like what did I want to do? Because that was my third surgery in a row. And I'm just like, I can't get a break. Yeah. Um, But honestly, all of my recruitment happened two years after my surgery, the summer of the jun- my junior year. 
I had 24 offers at the time before I made my decision. And I always crack a joke because my number is 24. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up having 24 offers. And that's when everything blew up. But like my senior year, like I didn't have to. But I also didn't commit to DePaul until later on, like right before school or so. Because like how you said, I tried to make my decision and think about it and mm -hmm. give myself time because I knew that it would be a big decision for me. But my senior year of high school for AAU, I didn't. The only reason why I played because coaches would come to the gym because I wasn't, I didn't commit to come watch me play. But I figured even if I knew what school that I would go to, simply getting coaches to come to the gym and watch my court could get my teammates opportunities as well. So I felt like it was just a selfless decision that I chose to make. A lot of people after they commit, you know, they don't play AAU and I didn't commit yet. So I made that decision to prolong my committing to have opportunities for my teammates. And it was an idea that my mother had given me. And she said, well, if you come out here and play, you know, like even if you don't decide to go to that school, there's a possibility that your teammate could get that scholarship from a coach that was watching your team play. And I never thought about it like that. And I felt like my mother just opened my eyes to like the maturity of a lot of situations. She's completely right. You know, at a young age, we're not expected to think that way because we're just yeah. like, oh, you know, like, let me commit, whatever. I'm done. So I think that's really special. Okay, so prolong and then you choose DePaul. Why DePaul? What made you choose DePaul? I would say the winning tradition there, also it being close to home, because honestly, coming out of high school, I wasn't ready to go off to school. Mm -hmm. And I felt like DePaul was the closest school to home, the, the um, tradition that they had there of winning. Coach Bruno recruited me since I was in ninth grade. He also recruited my mother. So it was like that history that they had. Everything kind of just flowed. It kind of felt like family. And for me, I felt like it was the best choice that I've ever made because my mother did give me this, like she helped me throughout it, but she said, this is your decision to make because when you go in here and practices get hard and, and you just and like, pra practices going to get hard. They're going to yeah. get hard. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to, but you made that decision. So you can't blame anybody else for the decision that you made for yourself. So when things got hard, I said, well, I made this decision and I wanted to be here. So I need to roll up my sleeves and I need to go to work every day. And that's exactly what I did. But overall, I really enjoyed my time at DePaul. I feel like I wouldn't have got as much exposure as a freshman or as a sophomore if I went to any other school. I felt like I was put in positions to be a superstar and I always had the ball in my hands. Offense went through me. But also, it wasn't really about that for me. It was more of winning and getting better every day. Like, I rolled up my sleeves every day in practice to be better. And I set goals for myself. Not only was I doing well on the basketball court, like, academically, I was, I had a 4.0 my freshman year. And just ending this year, I had a 3.8. So just trying to keep my goals as high as I possibly can. 10 out of 10 right there. I mean, not every day is fun in college. People are like, oh, you're living the dream. Sometimes I'm yeah. living the dream. Sometimes <laughs> I am on the struggle bus and I'm yeah. tired and just blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I think that's really special for you've gone to DePaul, you got to stay home, 
you had an insanely strong start to your college career, to say the least. I mean, setting the Big East rookie record for a single game, 13 times Big East freshman of the week. How many weeks are there in the season? I mean, at you had to have gone in every week. And yeah. then five-time National Freshman of the Week, leading the nation in rebounds. The list goes on, as you know. But going into DePaul, you talked about how it was a special freshman year, right? The offense ran through you, even going to your sophomore year, right? Like, you're the person. So yeah. did you know that going into DePaul? Did you know that it was going to kind of run through you? Did you mentally prep? Or as it kind of came to you and you start tearing it up, you're like, all right, let's keep it rolling. How... How'd that kind of run for you? Um, for me, it's always been uh, the will, like the effort. Mm-hmm. Freshman year, offense did not run through me. I literally got every rebound that I possibly could to score. Okay. And that was like <laughs> how I knew that I was going to score every game. I said, if I get 10 rebounds, I'm guaranteed to almost get 20 points. Yeah, if that's I make a 20 every, ball. That's a 20 ball. Up. Yep. So I said, it's given if I get a double-double. Or if I get 10 rebounds that I'm going to score the ball. That's why I said if I go when I go to LSU and if I don't even get a touch, I'm going to get a rebound. Mm -hmm. So it's a guarantee that I will score. I kind of learned like my freshman year. It's really about the effort that you put in because rebounding takes effort. Rebounding takes skills. Rebound takes IQ. It takes a lot. So from there. I kind of just let my game grow. I knew that I could rebound. I knew that I could post well. I knew that I finished around the basket. And I would say around my second year, that's when I really focused on my offense from shooting threes and making jump shots and turnaround jays, fadeaways. I had that in my game always since high school. But when I was put in the position that I was my freshman year, it kind of took me away from the game that I was used to playing. But it helped my team. So either way, I was fine because I wanted to win and it was helping my team. My sophomore year, I would say that offense went through me and I feel like I still set the goal as high as I possibly could. Because sometimes like offense going through, you then having to go on defense and defend and do all of it. Like <laughs> it kind of got a little overwhelmed. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Like, But I knew that I had to push through it because I knew the goal that I wanted to win at the end of the day. See, I'm loving your answer so far. Like, even if I'm not touching the ball, I'm going to find a way to impact the game in any which way that I can, right? That mindset, I'm going to outwork my opponent, no matter who you are, no matter what it is, I'm going to do the best, put my team in a position to win. And so to bring that to LSU with the workers that they already have and the talent (laughs) that they already have is going to be something really special. And we talked about you averaging a double-double. And fourth in the nation in points, you scored 848 points. First of all, wild, right? <laughs> but that's the question here. <laughs> you kind of you talked a little bit about the way that you were scoring freshman to sophomore year, the difference. Did you have that understanding in the offseason that you wanted to add more to your game, that you didn't just want to, I'm only going to be scoring off rebounds or like my minimal touches? Did you know, okay, I need to add more to my bag? Okay, I want to work more out of the high post. I want to add my three-point shot back, X, Y, Z. Did you have certain things that you focused on in that summer and then things that you're now focusing on this summer to bring to LSU? After my freshman year, I knew that it was so hard just battling down there all the time, mm-hmm. like getting beat up. And it's taxing. It gets you tired. Yes, I'm like, I'm only six feet and I'm playing against girls that are six, five, six, eight. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really a post. So I was playing like out of my position the whole time. And honestly, I was tired of getting beat up. Like I mean, I'm, every game. Very reasonable. So I was like, 
Yeah. So I was like, I need to work on my shot. I need to work off like taking my opponent off the bounce. Throughout the summer, I was in the best shape possible, like an amazing shape. And I ended up getting hurt. This is what a lot of people don't know. Throughout the summer, before going into my sophomore year, I ended up tearing my lateral meniscus. And I played the whole season on it because I never like got surgery because I was tired of getting surgery. It's like, I'm like, I'm getting surgery after surgery after surgery. And that would have been my fourth one. So I just fought through it. And I did a lot of recovery and a lot of stretching, a lot of strengthening, a lot of PT. And I said, I just have to take my time with this. But it was really a mental, like it was really mental. It takes a time. And I pushed through it. Yeah, I pushed through it and I was able to overcome it. But I just felt like that on top of doing everything that I did my sophomore year, like I played injured the whole year. And you still did what you did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like for me, sometimes like I look back on it like, wow. Because, you know, like, I feel like a lot of people only get to see what you do on the court. Mm -hmm. And if you don't share, like, people don't know because they only know what you share. But it taught me a lot. Like, if I could get through that, then I could get through anything. And that's what made my work ethic go up 10 times more than what it was my freshman year to my sophomore year. Like, I knew that I had goals. And coming in my sophomore year, I knew that I needed to develop different ways to score. Like I said, I was tired of getting beat up around the basket all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I am a mismatch for anybody that plays me because I'm a taller guard if I play in a guard position and I'm undersized if I play as a center. So some and the way that I play, it's hard to block my shots. So I just wanted to develop my game as much as I can. Like, And now on the offseason, I've been working on my guard skills with dribbling, coming off the bounce, snatch bags, mm-hmm. stuff, everything of that sort. Just trying to grow my game every day. It's crazy that when you put it in that perspective where it's like, okay, I'm having such a hard time figuring out how to score this, that, third, guarding these big people, right? But then you flip the script and you're like, you have to guard me, right? Yeah. I'm a guard. So then, boom, I'm out of these guards because I'm doing this and that. I got somebody little, shoot, send me back to me and give me the post. Like, I'm diving yeah. in there. You get somebody big, now you can pull them out, take them off the bounce, yeah. do this and that. They can't guard you. I mean, I love creating mismatches. I think it's so much yes. fun. There's so many different ways to play off the defense, not just for yourself, but it's like, then you get your teammates open. Because now, if I have a small defender, now you got to help, boom, kick out. Somebody's there, yeah. whatever. There's just so many options to have. And I mean, you're bringing all that to LSU. We'll move into the NIL space. Was that something that you expected going to your college experience? What has it been like? Um, I I didn't expect. I don't think anybody. And nobody expected. really expected. I didn't. I was like, what is this? This is nice. Yeah. My first year, like, I'm really big on being educated about something, like, before I jump into it. And for me, like, the first year, it was kind of like I didn't really do anything with NIL. Going into... The summer of my freshman year, that's when I started to do things with NIL. And it was fun. Like, it was really fun. I'm like, dang. And then, like, my sophomore year, honestly, at DePaul, I didn't do too much NIL stuff. But this summer, I've been doing a lot of NIL stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy it because the deals that you can get are really about expressing who you are. You could turn down deals that you don't feel like, oh, that doesn't fit me. Or, oh, I I can't, you know? Yeah. But it allows you to express yourself, but also not just as an athlete, just simply as a person. And I really like that because I feel like a lot of people just pay attention to like, oh, these are basketball players. But we are more than just basketball players as women and as men. Like we are humans first and we have 
we have qualities, individual qualities that are all unique and we should be able to express ourselves, but also getting paid for it while you're doing it. Like that's a <laughs> plus. <laughs> it's a great bonus. And I mean, you said yeah. it perfectly. NIL is really what each individual person wants to make it. What would you say is some of the best advice that you've been given within the NIL space? I would say that I'm my own brand and I'm the boss. Like mm-hmm. I like that, but you are the boss, like you're the boss of your brand. And I would say that's the best advice that I've got so far. So if you want things to go a certain way, then you have to be vocal and you have to let your agents or whoever your attorneys or whoever you're working with know what what brand you want to put out there for yourself because every individual person is a brand. It's just about how they put it out there. No, yeah, you're right. It's about how you market yourself, whatever. And it's interesting having to make that switch as a college student where it's like, you look at yourself as a brand now, right? I stand for these things. These are my standards. This is what I look for. This X, Y, Z, right? And everything you do, people are looking at you nowadays. So it's like having that understanding that it's more than you at this point. It's your brand. It's you setting yourself up for your next stage, for your life, how you want people to view you. And I mean, getting paid for doing a little extra photo shoot, (laughs) talking about this and that, it's nice. It's a nice little bonus. Like, why would you want to just get into it? Um, And so... My next question is kind of along the lines of what you were talking about, but, you know, people make it different in this space, how you want to make it, right? And a lot of it depends on who you are. So as a Black woman in this space, how has the process been for you? Um, Honestly, it's been okay. I wouldn't say that it's been the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about who you want to represent you and who do you want to have around you? Because mm-hmm. that is something that I also learned as well. I want someone that's not only going to just be out there and like, oh, just go for this deal or go for this deal or go for this deal. If you think that I'm better than that deal, then I want people to, you could turn down deals and negotiate them. And that's something that I've also learned. As a Black woman in the space, there's certain deals or certain brands, you know, that's just kind of like certain brands want to work with you, certain brands don't, right? You get some opportunities that, and you may not get others. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just navigating and finding like you want to work with a brand that values you as much as you value them, right? You want to be a partner. You want to find, it's kind of also like recruitment when you're picking an agent. It's like a little mini thing, right? Getting to know them, what are your values? And so I know with my people, I've been with them the whole time and it was really creating that relationship of like, Haley, who are you? What brands Mm -hmm. do you want to work? What type of brands? what type of deals, right? And so yeah. I think you had it perfectly. It's who you surround yourself with is really important for how your NIL experience is going to go. And then beyond NIL, once you go pro, how that's going to go, right? Still marketing yeah. yourself, doing X, Y, Z. Angel has talked about NIL being so big right now, it doesn't have a mm-hmm. rushing to the WNBA. Do you yeah. feel like NIL is impacting how people think about turning pro? Or do you think it's still kind of moving slowly for a lot of athletes and they're not really having that impact their decision? Well, it kind of depends mm-hmm. on who the athlete is. Honestly, I feel like for a majority of the athletes, it is pretty, it's moving pretty slow and seeing how things are. But also like it can be a bit discouraging when you watch the, the WNBA draft and then you watch preseason and see all these people getting cut as mm-hmm. well. And they're not being as many open spots. So I would honestly just say like it's it's the individual at the end of the day. Cuz some me? like some people like me is like basketball, let's go. Like <laughs> I've been knowing that my whole life. Yeah. Your goal is to play at the biggest stage that you possibly can. Mhm. 
No, I'm with you. I mean, for me, it was like NIL was great in college, but I always saw myself on the timeline, do four, graduate, move on to the next, right? Yeah. So even when I did my senior year and it's like, do I want to go back? NIL, this and that. At my point in time, I was like, I don't want to do school anymore. <laughs> I got my degree. I'm done. I'm ready for the next thing. But yeah. some people may want to stay and it's just mm-hmm. everybody's own journey. But I mean, shoot, going through training camp and then you look online, boom, cut, boom, wait. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. It's yeah. crazy how much talent just doesn't make it because at the end of the day, it's 144 spots, right? What percentage yeah. of college athletes get to go pro? It's insane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, heading into our last little segment here, vibe check. It's rapid fire answers. Rapid fire is a loose term. It's as quickly as you can answer them, as much pace as you can. Yeah. Started with the draft. Who was best dressed at the draft? Um, Zyakic. Dang! Okay. <laughs> What's the drill you never want to see on the practice plan? Um, ladders. Facts. Okay. Game winning shot or game winning block? Game winning block. Ooh, I think that's our first. I think that's yeah. our first one, but that's 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 slept on. Okay. Off the court, go to sneaker. Uh, Air Force Ones. Nice. And one or three pointer. And one. <laughs> easy. But that's an easy answer for me. Okay. <laughs> Toughest place to play. For me so far, UConn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a go to trash talk line? Oh uh, no. No. I don't really trash talk. That's I'm not much of a talker. I'm yeah, not, I'm not talker really either. much of a talker. I feel like the more time you spend talking, like wasting your energy, I'm just. I be trying to catch bucket. my breath. I ain't got the time. Yeah. The time you talking, I'm just gonna give you a bucket on the other end. Love it. Okay, <laughs> who's your who's your goat? Um, I would say my mother actually. Oh, that's my yeah. Great that's answer. <laughs> Great answer. Okay, school with the best facilities. LSU. Okay, and what's your biggest basketball ick? Oh. That's going to be long. Oh, okay. Give us a few. What are your icks? Hot um, takes. I would say when socks is too long, like mm. I don't like when the socks are too long. Mine like, be a little up there, but not like all the way up there. You can't have them stretched. Um, that yeah. don't look good. Uh-huh. No, I don't. I don't like long shorts. Like yeah, you got to tuck shorts. them. Yeah. Like yep. tuck them. And then... That might actually be it. Those are would probably be my two. Okay, those are definitely up there for me. The one I would yeah. add is I hate flopping. I can't do it. That I'm just like, <laughs> what are I we doing? I could, yeah, flopping be, but I be trying to take charges and I don't be flopping, but I never get it. Yeah, like, like if you, like you could embellish, but just yeah. all but just this, start, yeah, <laughs> out of control. Don't out do of control it. Flopping out of control. Flopping, no. Yeah, it's like, we are grown women. <laughs> what do yeah. we look like? What are we doing? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but this has been wonderful. I've appreciated every moment of your time. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Sometimes I hope we'll continue bringing you the latest in women's hoops from College of WBA. Anissa, thank you again. You've been wonderful. Of course. Thank you. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to Sometimes I Hoop. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Haley.Jones, that's no I in Haley, and three S's in Jones, to get all the Sometimes I Hoop content. You can also watch the episodes on the Players' Tribune YouTube page. Thanks again for all your support. The Players' Tribune dot com.